0: Hello and welcome to another Tabletop Games blog Saturday Review. Bubble, bubble, my lovely potions. You cackle gleefully as you carefully stir more solvents into the vial that's slowly being heated over the Bunsen burner. The library you're working in is full of old, musty-smelling books, full of alchemic knowledge, carefully annotated and added to by the many generations of scientists who have come before you. You can't stop now. You're so close. The light is fading, but your candles still provide enough light. Then you hear the familiar voice of your housekeeper. It's time to stop now, Rebus! by Gaetano Cavallaro from Thunder Griffs Games. It's the third game in the Matchbox collection that I'm reviewing on the blog. Like the others, it comes in the same small box that is almost full to the brim with a large deck of cards there's barely enough room for the 13 sparkly and shiny mixture tokens made out of resin that form half-globes. Even though the box is full, it doesn't seem like there are enough components to create an interesting game. When you read the rulebook, you realize that there's basically one mechanism that makes this game tick, even though the rules themselves seem rather complicated until you start to play. All of this adds up to the feeling that this game will be underwhelming. I've only played the solo mode of this game, so can't comment on the multiplayer version, but I can assure you, Rebus is a lot cleverer than you might think at first. Gaetano Cavallaro has done a great job to keep everything really quite simple and pared back. Even though the cards are thick and feel quite luxurious, and the mixture tokens are sparkly and glitzy, everything else is brought back to basics. The game comes alive through the player's actions, the decisions you make on your turn, what cards you play when and in what order. At the heart, Rebus is almost like a set collection game. The cards you play represent gem values, which are basically the victory points at the end of the game, as well as numeric values. High numeric values go along with more gems and therefore more victory points, but as soon as numeric values of the cards played add to 13 or above, you automatically complete that set and the card you play is placed face down, thereby not giving you any gem victory points. It's a bit like playing blackjack. You try and get as close to 13 as possible, having as many gems in your set as possible without going over. After you complete a set, you start a new one, meaning you start another round of blackjack, trying to get to 13. So, ultimately, you try and play cards with low numeric values, so you can play more of them, and therefore also get more gem points. The problem in the solo mode of the game is that, on your turn, you always have to play one of your cards into the AI's current set. At first glance, you basically just want to try and get the AI to go above 13 as quickly as possible, so they get fewer gem victory points, but it's not that easy. The reason is that the AI starts with mixture tokens in the set, and these occupy multiplier spaces, meaning that the points in the set will either be doubled, tripled, quadrupled, or even multiplied by 5. That means they will easily win, unless you somehow remove those Mixture Tokens. The only way for you to do that is by completing one of your sets. So now you need to go above 13 as quickly as possible, so you can remove a Mixture Token from the AI, thereby reducing the multiplication of the points. However, the quicker you finish your sets, the fewer Gem Victory Points you end up having, and you don't get the benefit of multiplication. It ends up being a balance of finishing your sets while leaving the AI's current set open for as long as possible, so you can keep removing more mixture tokens, while also making sure you get enough gem victory points in your sets. It's a fun little puzzle that takes a couple of rounds to master. It gets even trickier, because you start every turn with a hand of four cards, drawn from a large deck of so-called library cards. The cards are divided into three groups, red, blue and green cards. Red cards have numeric values ranging from 1 to 3, and only one gem point, while blue cards are valued between 4 and 6, and will give you 2 gem victory points at the end of the game. And the green cards are numbered 7 to 9 and give 3 victory points. You play one card to the AI set, then one or two to your own, and finally discard a card before drawing up to 4 cards again. That's simple enough, but the next time you play a card to the AI, you need to play one of a specific color, depending on the color of the card you discarded on your previous turn. If you discarded a low gem value red card, you now have to play a high gem value green card. If you discarded a blue card, you have to play a blue card onto the AI. So ideally you want to discard green cards because on your next turn, you will give the AI a red card which only has a single gem on it. The problem is of course, Discarding a green card also means you won't get the three gems that those cards are worth as victory points at the end of the game. The game makes it even a bit harder because if you are unable to play the specific color needed, you have to give the AI the top card from the discard pile. So the best laid plan of discarding a green card so that you only need to give the AI a single gem red card on your next turn you could be fought if you simply didn't draw any red cards. Suddenly, blue cards seem like the better option. The game ends when the AI has completed four sets, i.e. when you've played numeric value cards that add up to more than 13 four times. You still finish your turn, playing cards to your own set, and then count up the gem points, considering the multipliers for the AI, and whoever has more, you or the AI, wins the game. It's really quite simple, yet that simplicity makes for a really elegant game that is addictive and the sort of game that you will enjoy playing solo. It does remind me of patience in some ways in that respect. The only niggle I have is with the rulebook. Of course, it's a small leaflet that fits in the box. That's fine, I quite like that, actually. Unfortunately, the rules seem a bit complicated, even though it will all make sense very quickly when you start to play. What's worse, though, is that one of the illustrations in the solo rules are so tiny that you really can't tell what it is the game wants you to do during setup, and the text doesn't describe it either. However, find the online version of the rules on the Thundergriff website and zoom in, and it will make sense. It's just something to bear in mind. And basically, the rules tell you to put the mixture tokens on the AI's cards, leaving the two time space empty on all of them. The first AI set will have three shiny mixture tokens: one on the three time space, one on the four time space, and one on the five time space. While well, the other three AI sets will have one gold mixture token on the three time space, then one shiny mixture token on the four time space, and one shiny on the five time space. So. If you fancy a quick little game that takes less than 50 minutes to play, then Rebus is really beautiful and fun, and very soon you will have beaten the AI and will try to beat your own high score. Thank you for listening to this Tabletop Games Blog Saturday Review Podcast. Please check the description below for links mentioned in this episode as well as to the written version of this article on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us some stars or leave a review. Please also tell your friends about me, and if you want to offer financial support, check out my Patreon Ko-fi pages, links to which you'll find in the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com. So thank you again for listening, and I hope to see you again soon! This podcast was made possible by the generous help of my Patreon supporters. Royal Patrons Nicholas Higgins and Sean Newman Magic Champion Zeb Hicks Castle Guards David Miller and James Naylor, Dice Masters Alex Bardi, Paul Grogan and Robin K, and Shining Lights Gavin Jones, Sarah Reed, Richard Simpson, and Tim Vernick.